Is this Revolutionary War Cemetery encroaching on indigenous burial grounds or saving it? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Plot Twist. Hey, everybody. This is Janelle, future plant food. Hey everyone, this is Morgan, expert sales in one-ply toilet paper. (laughs) Just so you know, Morgan did roll up with a roll of toilet paper, but you said it was not actually one-ply, right? No, this one, it's, uh, it might be two. (laughs) (laughs) She drove here with a roll of toilet paper because she didn't have any tissues and uh, walked into my house with a roll of toilet paper, so... I appreciate that. Yeah, and I lost it somewhere in your house, so feel free to use it if you find it. (laughs) We're going to start out this episode with just a really quick update and clarification on our last episode when we talked about the body broker industry. Um, If you haven't listened to it, I think this may be one of our strongest episodes yet, so toot our own horn. But Morgan had sent an email to since the time of we that we recorded the episode she sent an email to one of the non-transplant tissue banks um filling out a form requesting a body part so i'll let you do the update on that i had originally sent an email asking for i think two feet or something like that and they said oh here's a form please fill it out so we can put you in our system and i i did fill out the form and i did send it back and i just never got a response so they think i'm a fake i mean i am so it's probably a good thing uh it would have been more embarrassing if they responded to be like i know you're a fake honestly i know no that would i would die of embarrassment i know i would just like have to like block them and like change my name and like everything (laughs) because i don't want to go to jail even though there's like no reason for me to i don't know i overthink everything so i guess that's a good sign though that they either there was something in there that was a red flag to them or something that they followed up on and, you know, weren't able to verify our identity. So that is a good sign that this particular non-transplant tissue bank is actually trying to look into the identity of people that they're sending their specimens to. Well, I mean, they didn't ask for any information they could do like a full background check on, which is maybe something they should ask for. But we didn't get the feed, so. Yeah. I mean, maybe they would have done a background check before that possibly maybe that would have been like the next step after putting me in the system it's like actually do a background check I those are th- expensive so who yeah, knows i don't think that they would have though but anyway i feel like if i tried a little bit harder i probably could have got the feet but I, what, <laughs> what in the world would i have done with them right. i would be terrified right like we didn't we didn't want to try that hard. what if their nails are still painted okay i'm done <laughs> it's just a thought you know Okay, so for this episode, we did a little road trip to Marietta, Ohio. It's on the southeast part of Ohio, and it's about two hours from Morgan's house. So with that information, you should be able to find Morgan's exact address and come to her house. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. Okay, so we took a couple stops. We'll be talking about one of them today, and then the other one we're going to do a future episode on because we had such a great time in Marietta. The first stop we took was a private mortuary museum at Colleen People's 
funeral home. There's actually a gentleman, Bill, this gentleman, Bill, has his own small curated museum. It was absolutely incredible. We're going to do a whole nother episode on this. So just stay tuned. But just know that it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Bill is the man. The other place we went is the Mound Cemetery. All right, so just a little overview here. The Conus Mound is in the center of the, the very center of the cemetery. It's a 30 foot high mound surrounded by a five foot deep elliptical trench. There was some discrepancy on whether it was built by the Adena or Hopewell cultures. I think it, I think the most reputable I found was probably built by the Adena culture and maybe modified by the Hopewell culture later on, but it was built sometime around 100 BC. Okay, so why don't you go ahead, Morgan, what you thought when we saw this. Okay, so Janelle found this. I didn't look into it. I was just thinking, oh, cool, that that could be really cool. I was under the assumption we were going to, like, pop up into this site that was preserved just for this mound, maybe some plaques describing the, the indigenous culture that worked on this mound and what it was, what it represented, stuff like that. That was kind of, like, what I was thinking. We we're going to go... I was thinking middle of nowhere to this mound, right? Uh, that's not what happened. And our first indication of this, I think, was when Bill told us, because he said, oh, what else are you guys, girls, doing in Marietta? And Janelle was like, we're going to the mound cemetery next. And he was like, oh, cool. Um, I have my plot there. And we just kind of looked at each other like, what? I knew there was a cemetery around it, and that was the purpose, was to kind of preserve this mound that had been there, but I did not realize that it was still an active cemetery. So Bill said that they have a bunch of flat grave markers around the, per- the perimeter of the cemetery because they don't want to like block the view of the mound or the older graves, but they're still burying people there. And I was like, I wonder where his plaque is. Yeah, I know. We didn't really look for it because it was really cold, but there like, was a lot I thought of, there about was it. snowy. There was snow all over things. Yeah, but we were like, hmm, I wonder where is his uh, grave is. Janelle did the research, so she she knew that there was going to be a cemetery surrounding it. I had no idea, so I think we both went in with just a little bit of a different expectation. But um, I don't think either of us expected it to be like this. We get there. It's kind of in the middle of town. It's it's a beautiful cemetery. But it, it's just interesting. So it's actually the place where the most revolutionary war veterans are buried in all of the United States. Bill told us that. And then Morgan, you went to go verify that on Google, right? I did. And it doesn't come up on Google at all. And I looked through like maybe the first two pages of my Google search. And the only thing that comes up is Arlington Cemetery. And their, like, body count for (laughs) Revolutionary War vets is very low in comparison. It was 11 that are buried at Arlington Cemetery, and I believe it's 37 supposedly buried at the Mound Cemetery. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's like a little bit of an unrecognized site. It is. I was shocked. The Revolutionary Era grave markers were very cool a lot of them had the stories of the person who was buried there what they did during the war what they did during their life that was awesome to see all of the history there but the 
mound was, I guess, not what I was expecting. It was taller. I mean, it was very, it was big. It was more impressive than I had expected. Mm-hmm. And there's a large ditch around it. There's a spot you can walk through. But there, there is a staircase that was placed there that goes up the mound. And there's a lookout point on top of the mound. And we had talked about it. We discussed going up. And I was just like, at the end, we decided that that just felt too disrespectful because that this is an indigenous era, possibly burial site. I, I don't know. It just felt disrespectful to walk walk on it, especially mm-hmm. when we don't know. You know, we don't have grave markers on there to know where bodies are buried. Yeah, and then I guess more on like how he felt about that after we went there and I started doing a little bit of research, they would use going to the tops of those mounds for like spiritual practice. So it was a very sacred thing to be on top of those mounds from my understanding. I'm glad we didn't go up there then, Mm -hmm. you know, because it kind of seems like now everyone's just going up and sitting on it when we don't understand how much of a sacred practice that was. And there's a lot of information about the Revolutionary War uh, soldiers that were buried there. It was good, but there's one, when, the only thing about the mound really was one large plaque. And I was shocked by the lack of information about the mound itself. Oh, yeah. I think it was just very interesting. It just felt, I mean, it is called the Mound Cemetery. But when you get there, there's like two sentences about it. And everything else is about the Revolutionary War vets and American history, which just feels... I just thought that because it was called the Mound Cemetery, it would be, I just, it just felt weird to me that they left almost all information out about the mound and the indigenous culture and the history of that Marietta. And instead they kind of just brushed over it and everything else was just about the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Even though it's not called the revolutionary war cemetery right it's the it's the mound cemetery i'll read the plaque and this is literally all it has about the mound the origin and disappearance of the prehistoric mound builders has long been shrouded in mystery conus is the burial place of chieftains the mounds and earthworks were constructed between 800 bc and 700 a.d these early inhabitants were the very first farmers and artisans in the Ohio, ba- Ohio Valley, and Marietta was the site of a mound builder's city. Yeah, so it's interesting because there's all these plaques around the cemetery, actually, at every corner of the cemetery. Around the fence, there are plaques, and I believe there's only one that actually talks about the Adena culture. Here are buried a mound builder chief, veterans of the French and Indian War, the Revolution and the War of 1812, Mexican Civil and Spanish-American Wars, and the Many Heroes of Peace. All right, I'm going to read some of these little, like, factoids. Many members of the American Union No. 1, the Army Masonic Lodge, reorganized at Marietta, 1790, lie buried here. This lodge's seal was designed by Benjamin Franklin and engraved by Paul Revere. That's kind of cool. Paul Revere. And General Washington, do you guys know him? Little General George Washington said, I know many of the Ohio Company personally. Never were men better calculated to promote the welfare of such a community. No colony in America was ever 
settled so favorably. Oh, Ohio. Little Georgie. So I don't know. I just got a very odd feeling that they were trying to brush off this indigenous culture. You found that potentially they were trying to save the mound by building burial ground there for the town and these revolutionary war veterans. Right, that was initially the intention. But if they were trying to save it, you think they would give a bit more information on it? Right. And this plaque was... There's a date on the plaque that I wanted to note. 1968. So the plaque itself was put in 1968. The cemetery was started in 1801. So it's possible that the intention and motivation behind the cemetery has changed from 1801 to now and maybe some of the significance of the mound has fluctuated throughout that time so we were left with a lot of questions because the 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 information there did not provide us with a lot of answers no it was not at all what either of us were expecting it was actually very difficult to try to find a lot of information on this cemetery mm-hmm. in particular especially it was hard finding reputable information there's a lot of stuff that sources varied and the site like the sources i was not really sure about their validity but i kind of feel like what's on the plaque about the mound is like some bullshit to be honest I do too. it it does it from what we've researched the timelines and stuff to me don't really add up right yeah so i think not, they just slap some words together on there yeah it's and i'm just surprised that they haven't updated any of that with more recent information or more specific information in recent years there are actually a lot of mounds built by ancient indigenous peoples around the ohio and mississippi river valleys you may have heard of the great serpent mound in southern ohio That's a big one. It's shaped kind of like a snake, and it looks like it has an egg or something in its mouth. People outside of this area might not really understand about mounds, and it's a little bit farther south from us, so we don't have a lot of mounds in our area of Ohio. But it's when I was in fourth grade, we did a semester learning about Ohio, and one of our chapters was learning about the uh, mound builders. So that was that's really that was something I kept thinking about. It was really interesting. And it's such an important part of Ohio culture. But otherwise, you might not know about their practices. And The early settlers chose to turn the mound and the surrounding land into a cemetery to preserve the history because they recognized that there was something important about this mound. Marietta was settled by American Revolutionary Veterans of the Ohio Company in 1788. Rather than being given cash after their service, the government gave this group land in present-day Ohio. When they arrived in southeast Ohio, they discovered a system of mounds, ditches, walls, and ramps, now known uh, as the Marietta Earthworks. It consisted of a large 50-acre square with three raised platforms within it and a graded pathway down to the Muskingum River. There was a smaller 27-acre square with the Conus Mound a short distance outside of it. When the settlers arrived, they were intrigued by these structures. They gave different parts of the mound Latin names, including Sacra Via for the pathway to the river, 
Quadranal and Capitolium for two of the flat square mounds, and of course, CODIS. In 1786, a map of the earthworks was drawn, which was a difficult task because of the dense forest in the area. It was the second mound system to be fully mapped. Although the settlers knew that there was something important about the mounds, they weren't 100% sure what their origins were. Prior to the Revolutionary War, the fact that the mounds had been built by American indigenous people was so well established that it required neither explanation nor defense. But by the time Andrew Jackson became president in 1829, that idea would become an inconvenient truth. So the settlers started making up theories as to where these mounds came from. The indigenous community at the time reportedly reportedly didn't know of their origins. I'm not sure if that's something that the settlers conveniently had written down or said so that they would be able to make up their own theories or if that you know that was true to whoever they talked to that indicated to them though that these mounds had been around for a long time which was true there was speculation that spanish explorer hernando de soto built them during an expedition in the 1500s ben franklin thomas jefferson Yale and Harvard scholars became interested in the mystery at Marietta. A scientifically educated minister, Manasseh Cutler, who was really obsessed with these mounds in a great way, he estimated that the mounds were around a thousand years old based on the trees and stumps in the quadrennale. He counted the rings the in them. Rings? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. But he was out he was off about 2000 or 1000 years cuz they're about 2000 years okay, old. Okay, so. I was going to say that doesn't sound <laughs> accurate, but you know, I feel like you get tired, you blink too many times, you miss <laughs> you miss count. You're not going to start over. You're just going to find a spot and say, "I guess I'll start here." Yeah, there's a lot of rings. Keep going. 1 2 3 4 5 <laughs> 1000. <laughs> I there think you go. it was, I and mean, that's a really smart way to think about it. But you know, if if there are trees that have totally rotted away, obviously those aren't gonna. You're not gonna count those. The dedication, though. I know. I'm impressed. I mean, good on you, Reverend Cutler. There was a preconceived notions that Native Americans wouldn't be able to be capable of building these magnificent earthworks. So they're trying to attribute them to maybe. The Vikings, the Hindus, the Toltecs, etc. Different people who they thought were quote unquote more advanced than ancient indigenous Americans. Upper and middle class fascination for these earthworks would drive major archaeological studies into the earthworks in America. Unfortunately, not in Marietta, but a lot of the other earthworks in this area were studied extensively. So even though they didn't do any archaeological studies in the early 1800s of these Marietta mounds, there was a lot of interest in these mounds and a lot of passion, um, a lot of passion from the Marietta community and these settlers. They really wanted to know about their origins. There were at least three different surveys done of the land in the first half of the 1800s. There were multiple maps drawn, and like I was saying earlier, there were a lot of different people doing, studying them, coming up with theories. So they were really, really passionate passionate about the mounds. 
I mean, there's definitely a lot of weirdness with the way this was handled. And there were a lot of different thoughts at the time. But I think it also goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, that the thoughts on these mounds probably changed over the course of time. Mm -hmm. You know, those first settlers were intrigued and really passionate about finding out what they were and where they came from. And that thought process may have changed. It's like the times changed and people's perceptions of things changed throughout the years. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. And maybe by the time that the plaque was built in the 60s, people are more concerned with with the Revolutionary War War veterans that were buried there and not so much about the ancient indigenous mountains that were there. So yeah, so what I'm going to talk about next um, is a lot of really great information that we got from an article on the Smithsonian website that we can link if you want to go ahead and take a look at it. Yeah, it's a really cool perspective on the relationship between white settlers and the mounds. So the Creek and Cherokee said the mounds were created by people who lived long before them. The white settlers took this to mean that these indigenous communities colonized the previous peoples and used that to justify removing them from their own land. This view also distances the current communities from their mound building ancestors. So the white communities dismiss their ties to the mounds and their native land. One popular idea at the time was of the vanishing Indian, meaning that the indigenous community was going to dwindle because they could not adapt to the new white culture. And not because, you know, they were being murdered and exiled from their homes. Thomas Jefferson ordered one of the first mound excavations, knowing that these cultures would soon be wiped out. Some indigenous communities today, such as the Mississippi Band of... Choctaw acknowledged the earthworks as part of their history and ancestral land. Archaeologists believe that thousands of people would gather for feasts and help construct these mounds. I think this is a really important point because so much of this, not necessarily at the time that Marietta was founded, but a little bit later when there was this big push to remove the native people at any expense off of their own land. This is a way that the mounds, they justified these mounds as not being a part of their history. So they're trying to distance, distance the indigenous Americans and be like, well, you know, this isn't technically have anything to do with you. And here's all these excuses. I mean, that makes sense. I think, yeah, as time went on, perception has changed and, at one point or another, maybe they were trying to wipe out that existence of that culture within their city. Right. Yeah, but because you don't want them to have any, just to justify your, your not that these, your, these horrible actions can even be justified, but they're trying to justify themselves. You know, there's, no, there's nothing permanent here to tie them to their, their own land. Right. And so I think that, you know, they couldn't really at this point get rid of the mound because the early settlers settlers because the early settlers wanted to save it and it's already in a cemetery oh that's true so now they're they're changing the story of the mounds so that it fits their narrative of you know this has nothing to do with them 
Yeah, I mean, I did listen to this horrible interview from the head honcho of like historical Marietta stuff. He has an actual title, but I don't remember it. He's that insignificant. I'm so sorry. That was actually really mean, but I just felt, (laughs) I'm so sorry. He just didn't give me the vibes that he actually knew much of what he was talking about. But he did make one good point saying that, yeah, you're not going to dig up uh, anything in a cemetery. You're not going to bulldoze over it because it's a cemetery. So that is what the original settlers were trying to do. So that in years later, it could not be destroyed because you'd be destroying the rest of the cemetery and the other nice white folks. So There is one other alternative theory that I want to talk about because it's interesting I'm going to give a huge, huge disclaimer that I found this on a website called Alternative Perceptions Magazine. And there, when you go on the site, there are ads for different books about like aliens and alternate dimensions. And they're keeping an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm not discounting this, but I also don't really know how, just take it with a grain of salt. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there is an archaeologist named William Romaine, and he calculated the stellar alignments on the winter solstice around the time that the mound complex was built in Marietta, so around 100 BC. Two of the mounds aligned with the sunrise and the sunset at that time. And the three mounds between the Conus, Quadrinal, and I. I'm not kidding you when I almost said cunnilingus. <laughs> I had to like... I, you need to keep that in there. I literally almost said cunnilingus, but what I meant... <laughs> okay. <Woo>. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to keep going or I'm going to keep laughing. What, what I meant to say was capitolium, <laughs> not cunnilingus. So each of those three mounds... Each aligned with three significant <laughs> constellations. <sighs> okay, we've had a couple sips of like this uh, sangria. So. Yeah, I we were trying to like taste it. We're like, I taste something, a note of something in here. And so then we started drinking it kind of fast to like try and taste the note of whatever it is. And I got a little bit of a. Now I'm saying cunnilingus. So is that what you tasted? <laughs> Boom, boom. That was good. That was good. Okay. Okay. okay, so each of the three mounds aligned with one of three significant constellations. Orion, Scorpius, and Cygnus. Dr. Greg Little, who wrote this article, speculates that the Marietta Mound Works were connected to something he calls the path of souls after death. The winter solstice is significant because the Scorpius constellation is not visible at this time as it's just below the horizon. So although the mound was aligned with it, you're not able to see it because it was below the horizon line of visibility. The journey of souls must take place while Scorpius, the ruler of the dead, was away and could not snatch the souls for himself. The freed soul would leap towards Orion's nebula after the person died to try and reach the sky world. The souls would follow along the Milky Way until they reached a fork. Cygnus, a huge raptor, would judge the souls to see if they would be able to escape through the sky dome, which is what you want into the afterlife. That is an interesting 
thought. It is an interesting theory. Back to that terrible interview that I listened to. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm being so mean to that guy. Uh, He's probably very sweet. Well, he did refuse. He did use the word Indian like eight times. He he did correct himself, but they left it in there. So (laughs) I I don't know. It just was, you know, when you listen to someone or like meet someone and you're just like the vibes are off. The vibes are (laughs) off of this one. He did bring up that there could be some astrological astrological significance to these mounds, but that's been speculated for a while, but each mound is different. So I kind of like this story. I do think that this research into the alignments is probably pretty accurate in some regard. And also the Great Serpent Mound that we talked about earlier also has astrological significance most likely as well. So it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that this may have some truth to it. Yeah, and I mean, this, these, this, like, this Adena culture was so long ago that it really is a mystery as to what exactly their spiritual beliefs were. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of spiritual ceremonies supposedly on top of these mounds which you would get a better view of the stars. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I could see part part of this being pretty accurate. I don't know. I like this. I mean, of course, because it's got that, like, supernatural afterlife thing that we love so much. It's a good, like, it's just, like, a good story. It feels like it fits, but I did have to add that little bit of uh, caveat there for that yeah it's an interesting resource but how you found it i don't know so that's great we're very (laughs) well-rounded podcast here right right we look at all all the sources here we don't discriminate (laughs) fortunately the settlers in the area recognized the significance of the mound even though they weren't sure of their purpose the ohio company and associates established what were likely the earliest preservation laws west of the appalachian which is really cool A majority of the earthworks were immediately set aside as public land, so they couldn't be privately developed. The cemetery was established a few years later in 1801. However, it was multiple decades before it was protected by fencing. Over time, the walls of the mound system were worn down by erosion, water runoff, foot traffic, and wandering sheep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why the wandering sheep just make me laugh, but that's just kind of so wholesome. Wandering sheep. <laughs> the town council attempted to protect the 20-foot clay wall of the Sacravia. Wait, that's so wild to me. 20-foot wall made out of clay. From the BC. The BC times. These are really... Sorry, this is a little tangent, but like these mound-building cultures are like master architects. And for their stuff to hold up this long, I mean... Made out of clay. Like, come on. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. But they were eventually dismantled. After a brickmaker was elected to the council and persuaded the other members to sell him the bricks. Government destroying all the good things that we have left. Over bricks. Over bricks. It's bricks. I hope this guy didn't make it to the sky world because he's he's an asshole he's shitting bricks up there down there yes down there i'm sorry (laughs) he didn't get up there he's shitting bricks down there 
not at us. Other parts of the mound system were destroyed because they were on private property. Two other mounds remain. Those are the ones that we had mentioned earlier. The library is built on the smaller square Capitolium Mound, which has multiple earthen ramps leading up to it. The 10-foot-tall, 200-foot-long Quadranau Mound has been protected as a park. It is also flat on top and has a ramp leading up to each of its four sides. The Mound Cemetery was added to the National Register of Historic Places. It really bothers me that they built a library on top of this other mound. That's fair. Yeah, I, the park seems probably like the best case scenario, better, a better way to, to preserve it, even better than the cemetery. But to just build a library on like top right of on it. Top. And we don't know for sure, but we think that these are burial mounds, right? Yeah. So... Because um, there are other earth workers that make mounds that are not for burial. But with this particular culture, I don't know. Like it's, it's highly thought that these were burial mounds. So I do just want to clarify, because we've been talking about it a lot. When we say like the Adena culture, the Mississippi culture, the Hopewell culture, these are not tribes. Um, it was too early on, and I believe that they have not really formed specific tribes at this point this is just a time period just like we have like the ice age period i mean i'm not like the victorian period (laughs) yes thank you i don't know why it was like the ice age period it's just a point in time that's marked for the indigenous cultures yeah because even if they did have tribes we really don't know much about that we only know the time period all the different cultures that had that a lot of things in common yeah and i think like a lot of the tribes that we have today have been formed out of particular cultures these are cultures not tribes get it right so one of the interesting things with this that i did find is the only mound that had a formal excavation done was the capitolium mound and that was in i have it somewhere here that was in 1990 this is after the library had already been placed they were excavating one of the ramps or something And the Cleveland Museum of Natural History took this opportunity to do some archaeological studies for themselves. They didn't find any bodies. They discovered a hearth with charcoal from different types of trees. So they think it may have been used in a ritual. So like a world renewal ritual. Mm. Um, And so it's hard. It's hard with all these mounds because a lot of them were built in different eras. Like they thought this one was built in the Hopewell era as opposed to Conus, which was probably built in the Adena era. But, and this is a huge but, even though they don't think that there are any bodies buried there, they didn't know that before they built the library. What they did know is that they had assumed it was a burial mound. Right. Right. Yeah. That was all the information they had before they built on top of it. Right. Because with the Conus Mound, I guess I'll just talk about this now. The Conus Mound, um, remember Reverend Cutler, was, he was a tree guy. One, two, three, four, a thousand. Yep, we got it. We got it. He wrote about how they had excavated a portion of the Conus Mound. And they found the bones of an adult in a horizontal position, covered in a flat stone. Beneath this skeleton, there were stones placed vertically at small and different distances, but no bones were discovered. At that point, they said you know what, let's not deface this. They closed the 
excavation because they said now that there's been a body found, we don't want to mess with it anymore. They're trying to be respectful. And that was in the 1800s. So they had every reason to believe that there would be bodies found in the, in the Capitolium mound as well. So <coughs> to build a, to build a library on top of that with that. It just doesn't feel like we wouldn't just build on top of a cemetery today. I mean, right. okay, that's not true in some places they do, but that's because of spatial issues and they have to. Generally speaking, you don't just do that. Right. So, I don't know. I just think that that was super disrespectful. There are mm-hmm. a lot of other places a library could go. This is not a, like, roaring city. There's a lot of space. The library was built in 1915-ish. So, this is kind of one of those things, again, at when we're talking about Reverend Cutler in the earlier settler days where they found these bones and they were like, okay, we need to close this up, be a little bit more respectful. And then by, you know, 1915, they didn't care as much about the origin of the mounds and they didn't care as much about preserving. Yeah, there's just a library built on top of this possibly sacred site, this likely sacred site. And that's fucked up. You know where I think we should build our library? On top of that big mound over there. It's really an eyesore. I think we should cover it up and, you know, get on. Our neighbors are complaining about that. There's nothing we can do. It's that HOA system. (laughs) I don't want to get fined, so we got to build it on top. I guess they could (laughs) have bulldozed it over because it's such an eyesore. Well, why pay all the money for the bulldozer when we could just build the library we need to build anyway right on top i mean it's just like counting two plus two is three one two one two three a thousand one two three a thousand i don't know what i'm doing i i, I had don't know what I like too it. much more <laughs> same and we don't know how much of the preservation of this mound in the last 75 years oh wow a hundred years Oh, over 100 years. Wow. I thought it was like the year 2000. The past 100 years has been due to the fact that the library has been on it. It's possible that the library being in place has helped protect it. Can they get to it from the library basement? I've always wondered (laughs) about what they keep down there. Ooh. Is this a cult? I mean, you can go a lot of different ways with this one. I mean, it would be a good place for a cult. Are they covering up alien evidence? There were multiple different groups of mound builders. We're going to go through, you know, the main three eras, uh, the Adena, Hopewell, and Mississippian. The first culture, the Adena. They existed between 800 BC to around 1 AD. They were hunter-gatherers and the first people to make clay pottery in Ohio, Different artifacts that have been found of the Adena culture contain copper, mica, and seashells, which (laughs) suggests that they traded with faraway people as those things are not naturally found in Ohio, which is a dump. They lived in circular circular houses made of poles, and they had conical roofs on them, and they're made of willows and barks, although some people lived in shelters made of rock. The Adena cemented their ties to the regions that they lived in by burying their dead in prominent mounds. 
Archaeologists believe that they also may have served as markers for the t- their territories. I like really love that. That people's deaths were used as markers for their home land. Oh yeah, that is like, cool. I like that. That their their loved ones, their dead ones. Ooh, they're dead ones. That sounds kind of creepy. But that they served a place of significance. Yeah. Because land is so important. Right. Ooh, that's that's I'm, really cool. I'm not going to serve a purpose when I'm gone. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm not going to serve a purpose when I'm gone, Janelle. I am. I'm wearing a shirt that says, Oh, yeah. You will. When I die, just throw me in the compost. So. Moving on to the Hopewell culture, they would set up their home near wanting, wanting, wanting water. What I want to, uh, they would set up their homes near running water and streams. They also had well-established trade routes. This era, the Hopewell culture, was from 81 to 400. Many of the Hopewell earthworks included large barrel mounds containing the remains of special people, like religious leaders, with also, they had their special objects, special objects for special people. The Hopewell spiritual life was centered around the earthworks and mounds shaped as octagons, circles, and squares. They also were known to utilize hills in the natural area and would build those earthworks on top of them. The last of the mound builder cultures we're going to talk about is the Mississippian. And this culture existed between 1000 and 1450 AD. It's called Mississippian because it began in the middle Mississippi River. These cultures were ruled by priests in larger towns, and they ruled over smaller villages. Their towns were centered around a ceremonial plaza, so their towns were, at this point, pretty well built up. They were mainly farmers because of the bountiful food they harvested. Population was quite large, and thousands of people could live in these towns and villages. They built mounds and would carry out religious and political activity on top of them, anything that they deemed as very important. The mounds served many different purposes over the history here in Ohio. So it depends on the time period that the mound was built to determine what kind of purpose it may have served, whether it be burial, ceremonial, political, or landural. Or a mystery of the universe. Yeah, let's go back on that um, <laughs> that website. <laughs> the website, AP, AP Magazine. Maybe you should start writing for them. Pers- I got some interesting pers- perspectives. You do have some alt alternative perspectives oh i'm sorry alternate alternate perceptions oh alternate perceptions. let me just read some of the names on the side here oh yes please do okay uh there is a book about path of souls that we were talking about visitors from hidden realms the archetype experience and there's a big old alien on it um grand illusions does that one say alien energy? Alien energy. <laughs> people of the web. But there's a lot of stuff about mound builders that... Well, that's very interesting. Is this like a conspiracy theory? Are the mounds part of like some conspiracy theory out there? Because it kind of looks like a conspiracy theory type hub. So I'm just wondering because, you know, we're not really like up to date on the newest theories out there. Right, about like government corruption and, and aliens, and but we do like our Sasquatch. We do, we do like our Sasquatch. 
I'm just wondering if that's like a another. Yeah, I would be curious, but I am glad to see that they didn't discount in this article. Dr. Greg Little, Little did acknowledge that indigenous people were responsible for this. It's not like this was aliens because only aliens could build something like this back in the old days. <sighs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think the article is pretty. It's a solid article. It's pretty good. I'm just wondering because of the type of website that it is and the other things we're seeing on the side, if there is more to like more to this that we don't know because we're not that kind of person. I mean, there's a lot of lot of mountain builder books on there. Like, are we just scratching the surface here? Yeah. Is this like a whole thing? Am I going to find out more in Native American mounds in Alabama or people of the web? The Edge of Reality, Dream Weavers, The Mastering of the Time and Space. Maybe I should put this picture on Instagram. Oh my God, there's a sensual woman on the back. (laughs) This is just porn. (laughs) Is this like one of those things where they're trying to sell you one thing with a book and then you flip to the back and they hope you buy more? They're like, oh yes, a sensual. There's about... Meet the most incredible people. The sensual woman, 10 of her. One to a thousand of her. As many different parts of the Marietta Mound Works have been built at or built onto at different periods of time, that's why maybe some of the mounds had different different purposes. Like Capitolium was more, may, seems like it may have been more ceremonial. <laughs> and the Conus served, it seems, as a burial site. So there's just a lot to unpack here and not a lot of clear answers. I just have the feeling that I understand things in our past history happened, ashamed of it. Uh, But today, like, why is there not a plaque, a more informative plaque today? There have been many, many chances to update the plaque. And there is no excuse the year of our lord 2022 that we can't provide a little bit more information about the indigenous people that built the mound that is there yeah and i think it would be interesting to give a little bit more backstory as to like how they decided that this was how they were going to save this mound i think that Mm -hmm. that's very interesting um and i think that it should be stated on one of the many plaques absolutely And I'll give credit where credit is due. I'm, you know, the fact that the Ohio Company and Associates, those Revolutionary War veteran first settlers, did a good job by recognizing the importance of the Marietta Mound Works and trying to preserve them. And I do, and I appreciate all of the different interest in that at the time, how many people were interested in uh, Reverend Cutler going to investigate and not only that knowing when it was time to stop and pull back and say okay there's a body here we need to stop we need to bury it we know a little bit more about this mound but this is if we go any further we don't want to desecrate this body so i do appreciate that but (laughs) it's just to me it's just a very odd place to have preserved I get it. Like, it's great that it's preserved, but it's very interesting that it's preserved in a Revolutionary War veteran cemetery. Yes. Like, the contrast is just really 
interesting. It is. It's very unique. And so I'm kind of surprised that that's not more well-known when you're Googling things about, you know, um, Revolutionary War vets and burials and that kind of thing. Like, I'm very surprised that that doesn't come up anywhere, especially because they have 37. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a lot. And it makes sense why. So I don't think that there's any reason to question whether there are 37 revolutionary veterans buried there. It's obvious that they actually were there. They came there because they were given this land by the government. So why why is it not recognized? I don't know. Yeah, it's so interesting. Is it is it a marketing ploy by the um what's the other cemetery? Oh, Arlington. By Arlington Cemetery. Yeah. And they only have 11, like pff, 11. <laughs> the Mount Cemetery has 37, like ugh, 11, really? Like that's <laughs> child's play. It's child's play. You want to be knee deep in history? Come here. <laughs> You want to be waist deep in history? Come here. You want to steep be steep in Marietta, Ohio. Steep in it. I think it is interesting to have the bar- the bodies of more like original inhabitants of Ohio buried next to some of the the first white settlers. But I feel like we're starting to cross into that line of being disrespectful because now it's all about the revolutionary war soldiers who are buried there it's all about the settler graves the white people graves and a lot of the history of the mountain has been overshadowed so i feel like i don't in my my humble opinion i think that this has gone a little too far into the side of washing over the history i agree i think like you said, in 2022, they should be doing a better job. Um, and I think a lot of people go there like we did, um, not at all knowing it was uh, a massive place for Revolutionary War vets. But we went because we were really interested in the indigenous history of it. And we didn't get any of that. Why can't they put something together now and put more information there? Like on, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm like a little tipsy. This is not making that much sense. It's a huge, huge site for American history. And it's a huge opportunity to remember the very first indigenous cultures in the area, as well as, you know, I feel like I've said Revolutionary War like 80 times on here, but the Revolutionary War veterans as well. So I feel like there's a really missed opportunity there to... I agree. I'm sure that, well, I'm not sure, but, you know, local schools may take, you know, the kids there for a field trip, but what do they have to share about the mound? Like, this is right. all part of the history of Marietta, and I just think it's not being forthcoming. Yeah, they need my fourth grade Ohio history book to, to, to learn about the mound. definitely didn't realize that Marietta was such a like important spot for history not only of Ohio but United States yeah it is wild that we only live about two hours away and we didn't even know that there were that many revolutionary war soldiers buried there I was totally taken aback when Bill told us that I was like here Ohio this is not even a colony I kind of thought we were going to the wrong place yeah, or did he didn't too. hear us right. I did too. If you're ever in Marietta, Ohio, which I don't think you will be, but if you're ever 
driving through on your way to another destination, there are some things worth checking out. It's pretty cool. Oh, what was that restaurant we went to? Oh my god! Uh, what was it? It was so fun. It was like so. It's a um, it's like a tapas. Yeah, it's like a Mediterranean tapas place. Mediterranean, European. They had like Asian food there too, which I was thinking like, oh, this is a red flag. You can't have this many different types of food here, and it's gonna be good. I was wrong. Oh, it's called TLV. TLV. It's um a Israeli Mediterranean restaurant. And it is the strangest place and the greatest place. Also, just to note, if you ever happen to be there, uh, you're going to have to go to an auto zone if you need a car charger. They don't sell them in Marietta. No, nowhere. Gas stations. No gas stations. No nothing. Couldn't find a car charger to save People them. don't have cell phones in Marietta. <laughs> it is kind of in the middle of nowhere. But at the same time, it's not. Keep your ear out for our episode about the Mortuary Museum. It was very cool. It, it's way cooler than it even sounds so and also i talked about this on another episode but native land app if you want to know who whose land you're on you know what indigenous land that you are on native land app native land app boop boop well like they have to sponsor us eventually because this is the second time i brought them up Sponsor us, sponsor us, who build a mound on your land. Quadranoa? Quad, quadranao? Okay. Quad, quad? Oh, yeah. Quadranao and So sorry. I don't know. I did take Latin, so this is not, yeah, so this really sucks. Well, it was Shit. only for like a couple of months in like eighth grade, like for a semester. <laughs> and it was not, it was like normal words. That's more than I know. I know. For, uh, <clears throat> what the fuck? Okay, I'm going to say this last thing one more time. Okay. <laughs> you got this. It's a large space in a lot of states. A lot of large space, lots of states, priests, mounds. That's it. Okay. I think I'm getting a little too tipsy. I need to. I haven't like, even like had the whole lot. This is like this is this kind of strong. strong. <laughs> yeah. Um. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at official underscore plot twist pod. Music is courtesy of Matthew Modena and our resources are in the show notes.